everyone, this is Tony Holbein. You are listening to The Revenue Formula. In today's episode, we are going to talk about how to structure really big decisions in your go-to-market and how you can apply it tomorrow. Hope you enjoy it. You got it, boss. <laughs> so I was, uh, I was today in my walk-in. Yeah, the walk-in. Um, and I went to the... Um, to the shirt section. <laughs> okay, go on. And I grabbed one of the, you know, blue and white checkered ones. Yeah. Of which I have a thousand. Yeah. Um, and then I was, uh, no, wait a minute. <laughs> I thought it was the intro. It was good. Come on. No, yeah, I was intro. And then I was saying, no, wait a minute. I'm ah. being, uh, I'm being uh, filmed today. And uh, as a professional, I know that uh, check out anything on a, on a video doesn't can't work. do it. Can't no, no. Do it. You know, and uh, Bart would probably have, would have sent me home. I would have sent you home and as be well. like, Tony, you're gonna change this now. I'm gonna, you know, you're gonna go now to suit supply. You're gonna pick up another of your 1,500 white shirts. <laughs> I'm gonna put this one. Uh, you know, some massive problems and decisions we have to make all the time. So difficult, so difficult. Yep. I mean, what shirt, what, what shirt to wear? <laughs> I mean, so this is this is the good thing about having this uh, uniform. This is no thinking. You just yeah. walk in, you're still sleeping. Basically, showered. You're just still like you know dazed. Do I want white or just you know a little broken? No, it's like white. You just doesn't matter. You just grab something, and then you're surprised when you walk out and kind of see yourself in the mirror. Like, oh, <laughs> that's what I'm wearing today. You know. <laughs> Uh, we're back. We're back. We're back. Happy Monday recording yep. in the studio. And uh, today we're going to talk a bit about decisions. Decisions, decisions, decisions. Like um, deciding which uh, shirt to wear. Well, hopefully a little bit more impactful I see. than that. Okay. Right. Well. So <laughs> so the thing is, you know, there we've we've talked about it in the past. There are different kinds of decisions that you need to make. Mm -hmm. There are some that are, you know, a reflex, such as just picking the shirt and then like, go, 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 go. Easy, yep. little brain power used on it. And some are a bit more reflective. And, you know, I'm my wife and I, funny enough, are in that period right now of a lot of reflective decisions. Oh. So we made a really big decision to buy a house and this market, I know, blah, 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 blah. But we kind of had to, right? And that's a massive decision. And you had to because... Uh, we're having a third kid. Yeah. So, woo! There you go. Um, <laughs> I can't find the applause or, button on here. Or, <laughs> or uh, you know, uh, condolences. Well, you know. usually, yeah, that's usually the reaction. People are like, uh, number three? Dude, that was are a you, mistake, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so we need, you know, we need a house. We yeah. need a bigger place. Yeah. And that's a, obviously a big decision. And the thing is, once you've decided that you're going to go and get a house... You know what happens? You have a million other decisions mm -hmm. to make. And and some of them are big, some of them are small. Mm -hmm. Like so this weekend was, hey, we need, you know, a couch because it's gonna be too small. We need a new bed. We need you know, there's a lot of things you actually need to do um along the way. And that's why this is a really important episode. Because when you are gonna make a big decision in the context of business, you actually need a process for it because there's a lot of follow-on repercussions of, you know, making a big decision. Yeah, and you, you might ask yourself, what is a big decision? Mm. What's out there, maybe? I think for from my perspective, sometimes it is what is easily reversible. Yeah. 
if it's not easily reversible, then it probably smells like a big decision. If it is having a big financial impact, then it probably is a big decision as well. And usually those two things, either by themselves or combined, they lead to number three, which is lots of people mm. being involved in a big decision, right? And and those are those are I think the uh, the, the cornerstones of oh oh this is this is something that probably needs a process probably needs to be thought through I just can't make that decision by myself, and um, that then sometimes becomes complicated pretty quickly. Yeah, and I think if you mess it up, it can have some pretty serious ramifications. So one example would just be a decision is made you've not been involved, but you actually need to be involved because mm -hmm. it really impacts your area. And if you haven't been involved, you're not going to buy into it. Maybe you're going to resist, you know, whatever decision. So we're going to get into all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and we've had a process in the past and it's a little, well, not a little, it's a, a, a change in how you approach basically making a decision that I want to get into. And maybe you can, you can start us off there. How does it work? When do you need to use this trick? So maybe we give the trick a name first. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's not that sexy. No. So it was never designed to be on a podcast, that idea. You know? <laughs> so it's, it's a decision document. Yeah. That's what we started calling it. I think many others out there have other words for the it. Proposal. And, um, and the, the, the basic idea was, mm, you know, when you, when you reach a certain stage in an organization, you just can't, hey, let's huddle quickly. Mm. Let's talk it through. Let's decide in the room. And let's go execute. Uh, it it usually usually that starts becoming more and more difficult to do it like that. And 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 then one reason obviously is well, there are many more people that need to be in the room. Mm. Um, there might be a lot of things that really need to be thought through fully. Um, this is typical thing for revenue operations, right? But it's also a typical thing for any kind of revenue uh, engine or organization. And and then the other thing is which which really was where this uh, this this was born from the pain really was that a lot of decisions that were made quickly in a room and huddled about sure you had some issues on the fringes of ah you know we forgot to include you because your calendar was blocked the real problem was that uh, the people in the room kept forgetting what they were deciding <laughs> <laughs> like a month later didn't we agree already about yeah. this i understood it like yeah. that right yeah, yeah. um and and uh, this is going against one of uh, our core principles, which is incremental improvements. Yeah. And incremental improvements doesn't only mean that you get better at 1% a day or whatever, uh, or 10% in order to double, uh, reference to another podcast. But it, it actually talks about, and, and the important piece here is that you need to keep building improvements on top of each other. But if people keep forgetting what they were deciding, and a decision, if you will, in the most abstract sense, is an improvement. I mean, that's at least the idea of it. And uh, if people keep forgetting those decisions and are not fully aligned and uh, and then basically kind of contradict themselves or and it never happened, yeah. I forgot something, mm. um, then then you're basically, you're kind of, cr you know, destroying those 1% uh, incremental improvements that you have been creating and then working so hard on and you're staying always at the same level instead yeah. of being able to build on top of each other, right? This is this is why we started this whole decision document process. I'm gonna talk a little bit about how that works specifically, but really the ability to 
super boring, but the ability to document or maybe a little bit less boring to lock in yeah. specific decisions, having the ability to going back to it, pointing to it, and, and also looping other people in. So, And that really is then the, hey, jazz, you mm. need to probably write it down now. Yeah. You know. But I think it's also, so, so I totally, you know, acknowledge the fact that sometimes you just forget. You can't remember in detail every decision you've made, so it's important to actually get it down on paper. Yeah. But also when you consider this being a more reflective decision, because usually big ones will require you to do that, mm -hmm. and all the follow-on decisions you need to make, mm -hmm. actually the process of sitting down and thinking what problems will happen if we do this for sales, mm -hmm. for marketing, yeah. for CS, what what are the things that we can anticipate and what decisions are there to be made uh, as a follow-on for whatever the big decision is, yeah. is, is critical, right? No, absolutely. And, and then just think about, so let's just say you want to, you know, we, we go through this example many times, you want to roll out a new motion. Mm. You want to, I think the worst possible case here is, hey, let's just do PLG, product-led growth. This is this is not one decision document. This is like a thousand of those, by yeah. the way. But, you know, whatever you're going to do, um, some executive in the room will discuss it. There will be a decision coming from it. There will be a clear purpose, what, why it needs to happen and so forth. But then a lot of managers further down, they need to actually execute it and fill in the details. Mm. Uh, a lot of RevOps professionals need to read it and really try and understand the intent and then build it into the system and so forth. Not having anything that is written or documented around it, that just doesn't work, right? Yeah. And and again, the, the parallels to running in a product and engineering organization are getting more and more clear to me, to be honest, right? It's Those are the exact same problems that product and engineering sees all the time. Uh, they have solved it pretty well by documenting things really yeah. well. Um, so all of all of the the things that we are discussing on the commercial side, they're kind of boring for them because oh yeah, we solved this twenty five years ago, <laughs> uh, and, and we're just you know we're we just a, a lot of grown up sales reps here, really, yeah. right? Um, no, but but seriously, those are uh, those are things that are extremely crucial in order to run a, a proper organization at a, at a certain stage. Yeah. And I think if you also ever experience something like you you work on a project with whoever, we all agreed goes live and then someone goes, why did it end up like this? I, I did not agree to making it like this. Yeah. It's actually a massive problem. And especially if you have a bigger project, there are more stakeholders, more problems to be addressed. Mm -hmm. And actually, so the, here's the thing. By taking on big projects, you get a lot of exposure as a professional. This is one of those career-shaping, building things mm -hmm. you can use to also grow, yeah. you know, grow up the ladder. And if you have a solid process to manage everyone, then you're going to be even more successful. Yeah. Let's go um, into some of the details here, potentially. So it, here's the thing. When do you make a decision document? Like when it, when in the process is is that like, okay, now let's let's go do this. Yeah. Because there are some steps in the process, especially with bigger decisions. It's not going to be, you know, me as a manager necessarily deciding we're going to add a new motion, right? So so let's let's start there to figure out when is it the right time. Yeah, I think, so in an abstract world, again, if you have something that's easily reversible, then maybe that's not super important. Uh, if you have something that's fairly cheap or doesn't have a large financial impact, maybe that's not super important. And if it's really only a, a small handful of people that need to be involved, then maybe it's also not super important mm. that you document that stuff. 
What I've found, though, is that over time, you will develop a little bit of a gut feel when you really actually need it versus when you don't. Um, I started sometimes creating it almost like a, a as a memo. Mm. Super, super. I feel like <laughs> I'm working in the 70s right now. But creating it as a memo even after smaller things were decided and then just circulating around, making sure that everyone still is on the same page. Mm. But but usually uh, usually for bigger stuff, and I think everyone listening will have a little bit of a feeling once you tried it when it's worthwhile and when it's not yeah. worthwhile. Yeah, and um, uh, and really the the, the start is uh, once you start, you know, once you made the decision to to have a document helping you with the process, it's extremely important to organize your own thoughts, organize them in a written format. And that written format I've learned is ideally in a Word document, not not in a slide deck. Mm. I totally understand, you know, executive slides is so super important, blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, the place where you can probably best organize your thoughts is is in a written format. Whether or not that's Word or Google Docs or Notion or something else, I don't I don't care about that. But try and write stuff down. It gets really hard for you to skip over your own thoughts, skip over issues that that might be really important. When you write things down, mm. yeah? and um, and and it starts always with uh, what is the purpose of this document? You know, what what should that decision achieve or be? Or you know, why 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 are we even tackling this problem? Right, that's that's really important. And and ideally, as a next step, you want to clearly outline what the problem is. It might even be a good spot to have and it sounds so technocratic by the way i'm sorry but to have definitions mm. what do we mean with this word yeah just so we're going to make sure everyone is on the same page and is not reading other things into those to those uh, abbreviations yeah. and, and and short you know short, short versions um clearly stating hey this is what this means and ideally what you want to create in the in the beginning is obviously you know alignment and blah 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 but you also want to create a clear understanding of What's the intent here? What what you know? Why? What's the um? I think the the director's intent or something like yeah. that. So there's this book, Extreme Ownership. This is those Navy SEAL guys. Cool. I've read it. I, I, I like it for a couple of other reasons. But one of the things that they were talking about there is, you know, when you basically deploy into I don't know, like a battlefield kind of scenario. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, you don't have enough time to call back and be like, hey, I'm on the street corner. Uh, there are two bad guys. What should I do? It needs to be super clear what the original intent is. Yeah. What you wanna, you know, overall, what the mission is of mm -hmm. the, you know, what you wanna achieve, um, and then things might be unforeseeable. Things might change. Things might screw up. Um, but the the different uh, individual actors on the field need to understand, you know, how they can best optimize towards the the end outcome, yeah. right? And that is basically what you wanna achieve in the first part of this document. To basically get everyone on the same page, um, not necessarily saying how you're gonna get to the end, but saying, "Hey, this is why it's important," mm. uh, and you know, this is um, this is the problem that we really need to solve. Yeah, I mean, it can sound very bureaucratic at the end. Of, I mean, if you're being very honest, right? Why can't you just go? Why? Why, why not? Yeah. So I tried this a couple of times, and it's really fun. Until you realize that uh, number one, every everything that you build up on the one side, you turn around, you're just kicking it over with your own butt. I don't know, <laughs> is that a German or Danish saying? Or Never heard there, of it. There's something like that somewhere. 
But uh, the the other thing is also, uh, and this is a little bit to the point that you made there, um, almost career-wise, you're going to just look stupid, unprofessional at mm -hmm. some point. You're just going to look unprepared, unorganized. You're going to seem like you're wasting everyone's time. Yeah. And you maybe don't want to do that. And I think this is different from this typical project management approach mm. of where you're just a, a a bystander and, you know, helping things to kind of go along. This one is, okay, I am the owner of a part of this thing here and I want this to happen now. I have a really big motivation for this to happen and now I need to align everyone around me. Right? Yeah. And really then the, you know, once once you have established that, hey, this is what this is about, then you basically start going to the nitty gritty of things. You basically start going to the solution proposal part of the document. Yeah. Um, and there you write out in order to achieve some of these things, we need to, you know, we need to tackle one, two, and three. And as you write this out, and this is usually what, what happened to me, as you write this out, you will suddenly realize, oh, there's actually four, five, and six also. Mm. Maybe less are so important, yeah. Yeah, clearly. But, you know, unless we get that done, that will still be on the list. And, you know, we really need to actually care for that. And the other piece then is that, first of all, these the solution proposal that you start writing out, that really is just a proposal. That needs to be clear for everyone who sees this. Uh, but what's sometimes much more important than the proposal itself and the the, the meat of, of, of that decision, it's... Um, who should be the decision maker mm. on which part of those proposals? That is sometimes actually the most important thing. And and this is really, this is the thing that you need to be discussing with the different people in the room when you have that first session. Because if you don't, if you don't align on who is going to make that decision in the end, you might end up with a proposal dead in the water because people just saying, no, it needs to be like this or it needs to be like that, but no one is is able to call the shot and mm. say, hey, this is what this is what we're going to do now. Yeah. I understand the ups and downs for both sides, but this is actually what we're going to do now. So uh, that's really difficult to do that after the fact. That's yeah. really difficult when, oh, this is already clear, you know, how the, how the uh, game is going to play. Uh, you need to do that before the game basically starts, yeah. right? So really making clear, hey, those are the different areas where you and me or someone else is the decision maker on this. It doesn't mean that the decision maker is necessarily the person that writes out the, the rest of the proposal and, you know, does that. But basically, this is the person that we all agree is best placed to make that decision in the end, right? Mm -hmm. And in some cases, it was, you know, when I was the CRO, it was, okay, that's only Tony that can really balance that call between sales marketing and CS and what so forth. And, but if it's if it's somewhere else in the organization, it might just be other people that are better suited yeah to to make that call and and the the idea should be always try and push as many decisions as possible down in the organization yeah um that's that that should be the idea and only you know pull things up to um to the highest level when it's necessary basically yeah so i mean so 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 the this creation of the document and all the steps underneath are not created in isolation. They're created with the stakeholders and the teams that need to, you know, potentially carry out the work in the future. And the other, uh, the other thing I was reflecting over is really how does it start, right? Because is it? My experience has been: boss comes to you and says, "Hey, we're thinking about this big decision mm -hmm. to add this motion or whatever. We need to go and figure out." how to do it so that make the decision document mm. could it be the other way around that 
you know, you start creating it and it's a proposal. Where, where's the distinction between the two? So I think the decision document is uh, is an execution piece mm. rather than it is a what should we do piece, you know? So a decision has kind of been made. Now yeah. we're validating, can it actually be made? Yeah. And, and and the reason why why it needs to work like that is um, the, the decision document itself is kind of useless without having the clear purpose stated and the clear mm. intent behind it. I think in order to, and what you're really referring to is uh, I'm a marketing manager and I want to do something that is maybe a little bit above my pay grade. Mm. Uh, I want to have an, you know, I want to push an idea that we should, I think we should totally do as an organization, which is sometimes the right thing to go about it. How do I now get everyone on the same page mm -hmm. to do what I wanted to do? I think that is a process that happens prior to this decision document. Yeah. It doesn't mean that only the boss can create a decision document. That's not what this is. But this is really a, I have an idea and we are kind of aligning around that idea and let's give it a try. So, okay, now it's here. The stuff in between, that's your decision document, right? Or uh, obviously part of that. That's really just the written format of this. Sometimes the way I've been referring to a decision document is um, is like passing a bill through Congress. Mm. You know, you need sponsors and then, you know, to give it a fancy name and then there's, you know, lots of text that no one reads in the middle. And that 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 is a little bit sometimes how this decision document feels and, 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 and around it. But so one one great example, this is still a decision document that's in circulation now uh, in, in Brandwatch, basically, the you know, the company that that's using this stuff now. And it's the uh, rules of engagement. <laughs> Uh, that I created with the with the leadership team, with the sales leadership team. So what are the rules of engagement? Um, those are basically, you know, once you come to a certain size of an organization and you have many uh, sales reps, there's going to be questions. Basic, the, the basic question is who gets paid? Yeah. Let's just, let's just boil it down. It's not about, ooh, you know, uh, you know, alignment and taking the same customer at the same time unknowingly. No, it's who, who gets paid what commission. And this ended really added up like a legal text. Uh, and and that getting getting to the point of having rules of engagement in place at a you know and we were 50 60 reps with a lot of people that had a lot of money hanging on this mm. this is not just a uh, boss sits in the corner drafts something and then lobs it over the line this is a everyone needs to agree and buy in yeah everyone obviously always has some kind of a massive quirky outlier but what about this yeah, scenario yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can and, go on a long and, time um, and you know, for, for you know, one of the ways you can see those super outlier scenarios is well, you need to be able to solve everything in a super systemized way. And some some outliers are one in a hundred, and you should probably care for those. Some outliers are one in a thousand, and maybe it's not yet time to care for those. You know, mm -hmm. it takes a little bit longer. But you know, finding that balance um, and going through that process, I think a decision document. And the process around it was um, was probably one of the reasons why it ended up working in the end. And whenever anyone came to my, so it was in the end, you know, it was VP EMEA, VP US came to my desk, this deal is mine. <laughs> <laughs> and and the cool thing then there was, uh, well, you know, what's the decision according to the rules of engagement that we agreed on? And um, why does the other person disagree with that, right? And then usually usually suddenly the conversation stopped and the, the problem yeah. was solved. And that is um, that is then another way to, you know, again, hey, we agreed on this. It's written here. This is how yeah. we came to that conclusion. Both of you agreed, by the way, and now use this to solve your problem. And it worked out, right? And um, and that is maybe, 
you know, one specific case where that process was really, uh, really helpful. And then a very similar case was really around, I mean, it really was the product-led growth. We didn't know yet yeah. that this is what it's going to be called in the end, but basically a part of the platform accessible through the website, through a uh, yeah, credit yeah, yeah. card sign up and so forth. Tons of people involved, tons of emotions involved. Oh, yeah. And uh, it was not just a, hey, let's get everyone on the same page and let's do it. No. It was a, okay, here are one gazillion problems yeah. that we need to manage now. Let's go. And we even had to figure out, you know, before we would make the decision, how is the business flow going to work? We actually had to, as part of that exercise, create a business flow. Yeah. I, I want to take, um, you know, a, a, a step back here because we kind of talked about, okay, then you go into almost the execution part here, mm. right? But let's say we have a listen out there. They've, you know, now done the steps, written out the purpose, you know, outline all the decisions, uh, liaise with stakeholders. When are you done and effectively ready to go? When does that transition happen? Yeah. And what, what, what do you need to do if you've, you know, taken the effort to create this document? Yeah, so what I found is you can start implementing once you have, and this is, you have those different um, chapters, you know, topics one through six. Mm. Uh, they have different names. Each of the chapters might have different decision makers. And um, in the beginning, they're all in proposal stage. Yeah. Hey, this is a proposal. Let's figure this out. But as you move through this, you might get to, and this is, you know, this is pipeline. That's how I saw it. <laughs> you might get to decision stage. Yeah. With some of those chapters. And in reality, you can probably start implementing once you reached a decision stage on one or multiple of those, mm. and then you start implementing that specific piece. And sometimes there might be things that block you from doing that because something else really is kind of more important upstream, but that's basically how I went about it. Once you had agreement in one area, you could basically kind of take that piece and give it to, I don't know, your RevOps team or someone else who's then creating a specific implementation document probably around this. You know, it sounds very technocratic, I don't know how to say it. But basically, that's then how you can manage the process, right, as you move through. Because many times uh, you will find new things that then need to be played back. And it's like, mm. ah, does it all still make sense and so forth. And actually, on, on this point, that's why the purpose is so important. You want to have, you know, once you have so many people involved with this, there will be decisions and, and they can be so silly that, you know, hey, should we do A or should we do B? And if you're down in the weeds... You just don't know anymore. No, it says I don't. I don't have any clue. So really, what you want to do is you want to be able to go back, ask the question that is one of our favorite questions, which is, "What are you optimizing for? What do you want to achieve with this?" And that answer, that question is answered in the purpose. Mm. And if ideally that person that is making a decision very far down in in the organization or in this process can reread the purpose. And can then be like, okay, if this is what we're trying to optimize for, then it's pretty clear that we need to go for A instead of B. Yeah. Yeah, that's really what you actually want to do. Um, so that that's that's how it then sometimes ties together. <clears throat> and is the decision document only for work? Because I was reflecting, I could use one as well. You know, it's very much a personality thing. So sometimes I will forget stuff. You know, and then tell, tell me, tell me what you want to <laughs> tell me what you want to have a decision document on with your wife. I would love that. Oh, I think I think maybe it's more about getting the decisions that I want. You know, the whole negotiation. So ah, should it be this uh, fabric for the couch or what? Like, you know, there's you need to pick your battles. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 
and once decision stage is reached, you can go execute, Mikkel. Don't yeah, yeah. About that. And the problem is, if the decision, you know, if I don't agree with it, I still have to support it. You know, we yeah. still have to actually do it. <laughs> Honey, I, I, I don't, I, I don't recall that we were discussing this yeah. uh, particular. <laughs> always happens. Yeah. Always happens. But Wonderful. you know. Bringing it back to the business, I hope this very, you know, it didn't, I hope it didn't seem too bureaucratic. I hope it's actually yeah. something you will consider for some of the bigger decisions that you might be involved with at some point. It's going to be incredibly helpful. Uh, I can say from experience, yeah. having those decisions, knowing what is decided, locked in, what is not, yeah. very helpful. Yes. I can, I can also only recommend it. I can only recommend it after I tried it a couple of times. <laughs> if if someone on a on a on a show like this would have told me, Tony, this is what you need to do, I would be like, forget about that. <laughs> I can just say it's it's really powerful. Yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, try it out. If you have any questions, uh, hit me up on LinkedIn or on Mikkel, and uh, maybe we can we can help and all learn something. So thanks for listening. Thank you so much, Tony. Thanks, Mikkel. Bye. Bye.